You know, the, the church at the Red Door is in the life-changing business. That's really, it's actually part of our mission, helping lives be changed by the power of God. And that's accomplished by allowing him to work through each and every one of us. You see, there are days people find themselves on a battlefield. They're being bombarded. They seem to be on defense all the time. Maybe they've just been verbally abused, false rumors going on about them, or maybe their finances, you know what I mean? They're just going south. They're wounded. They need a MASH unit. Remember the old MASH show and that helicopter flying in with the stretchers on the side bringing those that are hurt to be rescued and helped. They, it's the same with those outside our doors and with many of us, you know, sometimes we just need a medic. We need someone to come along and carry us on a stretcher at times in our life. You see, the church is really meant to be a MASH unit, a place that the wounded can come, that you can be cared for, to serve those that are in need, help carry them through a very difficult time. Because I know you all know this, but you know, there's gonna be a time that comes in all of our lives. Hey, boy, we're gonna need somebody to pick up that stretcher, somebody to help carry us through a difficult moment. I mean, it could be due to a, a loved one, you know, it could be a loss of a job, Maybe a marriage is in really big trouble. You know, one of the issues with the grandkids, maybe on drugs, something like that. Or more common than I've just seen in just this past week alone, you get a bad medical report. But here's the issue that the problem I see with people dealing with all these things that someone has to pick up the stretcher. Someone needs to care enough and go, you know what, I'm gonna grab that and I'm gonna get a hold of it. You know what, I'm gonna carry you. I'm gonna help you. People need to know that those of us today listening on the uh, live stream or uh, YouTube or whatever those things are, people need to know that those of us that call ourselves Christians, <laughs> that we care. See, don't miss this. And if you're new here to the church, I give two or three of these in a message, and that's in case you happen to doze off. <laughs> Hopefully you remember a couple things that I say. But I think you all know this. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Maybe I should say that one more time. Am I right, though? Yeah, people don't care. People don't care how much you know, but they just want to know how much you really care for them. You know, the Apostle Paul made a statement in 1 Corinthians. He says, let no one seek his own good, but that of his neighbor. Wow. In other words, in other words, people should be concerned about others, not just ourselves. All right, that's what he's saying. So let me ask you a few questions, and I don't want you to answer out loud, okay? And I'm glad I didn't hand out tomatoes so you can throw them at me or, or whatever. But let me ask you a few questions. Do you know what the number one reason why most Christians are not the hands and feet of Christ? Do you know why they never bring anybody to church? Do you know why they won't join a small group, a small Bible study group? Well, I can tell you it's not because they're bad people. And it's not because they're just mean. 
I just find that most people are just preoccupied. The number one reason we don't get involved with the people around us is, is that, this is gonna sound really harsh, eh, we're really not that concerned about them. You see, we're only concerned about ourselves. Look at I got my own problems, I've got my own plans, I got my own needs, my own goals, my own agenda, I've got what I gotta do today, I know what I'm gonna do tomorrow, right, and I know what I'm gonna do next week or maybe even a year from now. You know, we live in this culture, <laughs> it's easy to become, and just been talking about this, becoming self-centered. It's really easy to become so self-preoccupied about everything else that's going on around us. Because you see, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Does our heart beat like God's? Do our eyes see the same thing that God sees? Do we hear the same way that God would hear what someone's mentioning about their lives and their situation? Because you see, if, 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 if we care, and look at and believe me, I'm talking about myself here too. I'm not like pointing fingers here, okay? But you know what? If we care, we'd be aware, <laughs> okay? You know, do you know why we don't know the needs of our neighbors? Maybe your guy on, on your foursome in, in, in golf or on the pickleball court, mostly it's because you really don't care. Because <laughs> if I cared, I'd become aware. I mean, have any had times when you said good morning to somebody, even just right out here in the church, and you can feel that, you know, they smile. You know, we're really good at that. You know, as I look out here, everybody, you're all so good. Look, I mean, really, you guys look great, all right? And, 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 and we put these great faces on. And a lot of us got a lot of hurt inside. And uh, we're that, this demographic that we mostly are at this church. We were brought up in an age where, you know, we, we tough it out, you know? We don't necessarily reach out to anyone else. You kind of internalize it. We kind of try to just to work through it. But you know, awareness is really the evidence of caring. I mean, what's really going on? I mean, have you ever had that moment when you walked up to somebody, go, oh, good morning, how are you? And they go, fine. And you could just know, you feel like God's saying, no, they're not. But nah, I don't want to say anything because then I'm going to get into a conversation. And hey, you know, I, I, you know, the donut holes are over there and the coffee's in the corner. But right, I mean, I'm guilty. I mean, how about you? I'm guilty of it. Do you ever have your phone go off and you look and go, oh, if I answer this, all right, like, I, like yesterday, if I didn't answer it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I answer this, I'm gonna be on the phone or all night doing, you know, doing something totally different. <laughs> well, let me, give you, let me give you an example about an awareness and caring. Here's a great story, and I encourage you to read the whole thing when you go home, but it's in Luke 5. And this is what, the, I mean, well, let me just kind of set this. So Jesus is in town. He's preaching at someone's home. Uh, these guys come along. They got a buddy of, of, of theirs who's, who's uh, paralyzed, okay? He is, he, nothing works. His legs, he's a, a, a paraplegic, right? And they're trying it, and they show up at the house, and they're carrying him, and it's packed. I want to visualize the scene here. It's packed. There's people on the outside trying to look through the windows, the doors, people are shoved out and they're going, how are they gonna get, what are they gonna do? They want to get their friend in front of Jesus. And the story goes in Luke 5, 19, but not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, well, they went up on the roof 
and he led him down through the tiles with his stretcher into the middle of the crowd and right in front of Jesus. When they couldn't find a way in, think about this, they couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, they went on the roof and they start pulling, think about this, they start pulling the roof apart, okay? And, and, and just imagine the noise, imagine the mess. I mean, you're inside this house, it's packed, Jesus is in there teaching and all of a sudden there's, there's all of a sudden you see a little hole and you see a guy's eye in there going, oh no, Jesus is over here, go to the left, go to the left, take those tiles off, you know? And they're moving over and they finally get the hole and there's plaster and dirt and dust and clay and I mean, it had to have been falling down, right? Imagine the owner of the house. So this stuff's happening, it's falling down in there. And then people are going, what's going on, you know? And they start making the hole bigger. And they start making the hole bigger. You know, and they didn't have sawzalls, okay? They didn't have a skill saw. They're just grinding away at the ceiling. They're tearing this thing apart. Pulling the tiles off the roof. Stuff is falling down, everybody. These guys are destroying this guy's roof. It would be just like if next Sunday, Pastor Jeff's up here teaching, and all of a sudden, we start hearing this noise. And all of a sudden, plaster falls on his perfect hair, you know, and it starts falling down, you know. He has to move that curl out of the way, you know. Stuff, stuff's coming down on him, okay? And all of a I mean, wouldn't you be, wouldn't we all be going, hey, wouldn't you be going, what the heck? What the heck's going on? Well, the story goes, once they got the hole and everything in the roof, they let this guy down right in front of Jesus. They were gonna do whatever it took to get their friend in front of Jesus. Have you ever thought about, you know, I think strange things, and any of you know me, you know I do. But I was thinking, I read stories like this, I go, somebody had to repair to fix that roof, all right? I mean, you wouldn't go into a total stranger's house and tear the roof apart and not want to go fix it, right? I think, you know what I think these four men said? We don't care what it costs. We're going to pay whatever it is to get our friend the help that we believe that Jesus can give to him. They were so concerned for the friend. So my question for you, have you ever gone through the roof for anybody. Have you ever gone through the roof for anybody? You know, there's always a cost when you serve God. There always is. There's a cost. There's usually a cost in time. There's cost in money, cost in energy and in effort. There always is. But, can I, but truly, I mean, I think this is our nature, but so many times we're just, nah, I'm just not willing to sacrifice that much. We're ju I'm just not. Look, I, I can tell you, and I know many of you know this, it's not always convenient to serve God. It just plain isn't. You, I mean, again, last night, four o'clock, well, yeah, this isn't very convenient. But I think God always all along says, oh, no, no, I've got something I want to share with my people. So you're gonna stop thinking about yourself, Paul, or are you gonna get up and get in the other room and open up the Bible and start seeing what I got to say to you? You know, it's not always gonna be convenient to join a small group, okay? Or it's not always convenient some Sunday mornings to go to church. But you know, the sad thing I thought about this story of the paralyzed man is this. The Bible tells us 
that the guy who desperately needed to understand who God was and needed forgiveness the most, he couldn't get in the building. He couldn't get in because the room was filled with religious people. It was full of religious, they'd taken up all the seats. You see, I mean, ultimately Sunday morning, it really isn't for us. I mean, it really isn't. It's for those that are outside our walls. They're for our neighbors and friends. We're the mass unit. You know, we're supposed to be going out there and bringing them in and saying, hey, look it, you know, c come on in. There's a place of healing for you. There's a place that some someone will come along. They'll carry your stretcher. They'll care for you. I love this statement from William Temple. This is what he said. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of the non-member. Think about that. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of the non-members. Sometimes we just need to be shaken. I felt like God was sometimes just wanted me to just say to you guys, hey, uh, we don't exist for us. Church at the Red Door isn't for us. The church never has been just for the person. Jesus said, I didn't come to serve. I didn't come to be served. What did he say? I came to serve. He says, the son of God, God incarnate. I didn't come here to be served. I came to serve. Look at, I know some of you, some in this room or maybe in your lives, you've been part of a, a small group. We call them life groups here, all right? And what happens sometimes is you develop these really close relationships in them, and that's good. <laughs> but you're not excited at all about maybe inviting somebody new in. Come on, all right? I got a group just like that. And I, and I side with them. So, but, but I was telling you, you know, sometimes there, there really needs to be in every one of group an empty chair. That it's always open for somebody new that God may present to you. Somebody else that God says, I need you to reach out to so-and-so. You know, and there's a bunch of you that probably still haven't even joined a group yet, but can I tell you, here's the advantage of a small group. I mean, I'm sure you've thought, you know, why bother? I don't go sit in this room. People open a Bible. You know, look it. You just can't kid yourself. One day, tragedy is going to hit your life. And it most likely will be in a form of personal illness. Something wrong with one of the kids or grandkids. Something right there in your very home. Can I encourage you? Get connected. Get involved to have people around you that know who you are. You know, as this church continues to grow, you know less and less of anybody. When we hit the two services, the first service doesn't know the people in the second service. I get phone calls and I go, nobody cares about me, nobody ever calls me, I don't even know who you are. And I'm making that light, I don't even know who you are. Well, I said hello to you on Sunday, I, I know, but you know, there's 250 people, I, I, I don't know who you are. And then I always say, are you part of a group? No. Well, that's where you get known. That's where you get connected. That's your family. That's why I call them life groups. It's where you do life together. And you come alongside and you can help each other carry the stretcher of that individual in your group when they go through difficult and struggling times. It's so important, that's what I encourage you. Be a part of something like that. You know, it, it gives you the opportunity to Share your strengths, share your weaknesses, learn more about what God's talking about. As a matter of fact, you know what's a great way? You know, we've got this study coming up, Randy just mentioned a little bit, called Rooted, okay? Rooted is an amazing study, okay? And it starts on, the, I think it's the 5th or the 6th of uh, February, 
Um, and what's so wonderful about this, it's, it's more than a Bible study, a group. I can tell you that there's been hundreds of people that have come in and through this church have been part of this, and friendships and relationships have formed through it. And this is where you learned about just, I mean, if you ever ask this question, why do bad things happen to good people? That's one of the weeks. You talk about, haven't you ever asked that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever tried to figure out, you know, they talk about God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity, they're all the same. What? How can three people be one person? You ever wonder that? This is what's great about this type of group. You know, so I just want to encourage you, if you haven't, it's a great way to get plugged in. Sign up out in the lobby, okay? I just want to encourage you. There are people in this community that sometimes call themselves Christians in the church community, not CRD, in the church community, that call themselves Christians but don't want any part in reaching out to, to, to anybody else. So to those so-called Christians, you know, I'm gonna say something, you're gonna go, what? We want Pastor Jeff back. <laughs> but I can tell you, to those of you, you know, you just need to find another religion. Because if you don't care about anybody else, you're in the wrong place and you got the wrong religion. I mean, why do we come to church week after week? We come here to learn about God and eternity. Why do you do it if you don't want to be any part of it? See, I have to, I have to ask why they are trying, people are trying so hard to get in a place that I, don't, I don't really don't care about anybody else. I really don't want to do anything. Then why are you trying so hard to be a part? Can I tell you, so many of us as Christians have been absorbed in the culture. We just have. And we believe true happiness comes from our self-satisfaction. You know, I, I, maybe I shared the story with you one time, but you know, I was always wanted a BMW, always. And I remember the day came that I went and picked one up in downtown Palm Springs. And I got in that German engineered car, you know, and I closed that door and went thunk, you know. It started that engine and the smell of a new car, right? Nothing like it. And I started down the road and man, it, it, it drives like it's on rails. You know, those Germans know what they're doing when they build their cars. I mean, it's just driving great. Well, you know, about a, it lost all its charm and its satisfaction about a month later when the first payment came due, okay, on the car. <laughs> but you see, all that stuff, it's, it's temporary. You know, it's all so temporary. Can I tell you about heaven? Heaven, I know this for sure about it, it's self-sacrificing. Heaven is a place that people care for each other. Because you know why? That's where real joy is found. And you know, they always use the example sometimes at Christmas, you know, you give a gift and you see that little boy or little girl get face light up and get excited. Don't you get joyful? I mean, that's the whole point. The thing is just to get, but boy, who, who gets blessed? Caring enough for someone to give them that gift, to care enough for them to do something special for them. Just giving and expect nothing back. I can tell you one thing I know for sure about heaven. I know this for fact. It's not gonna be about Paul. It's gonna be about love in its purest sense. You know, God wants you to reach out to your neighbors and your golf buddies, and your pickleball buddies, and your tennis buddies. He wants you to stretch beyond your comfort zone. You know, a wonderful way, you know, this morning, I know as you walked in, if you came into the, I think Randy said it was the north side. 
I get confused. I picked the wrong side because that side was in the shade and the other side was in the sun. But we have a ministry, the ministry fair that he was talking about. Can I tell you, it's a wonderful opportunity to get involved if you always want to be part of a church or you want to get to know new people or whatever. Can I encourage you? Wondering, you know, where would I fit in? You know, there's a table out there. It's called the AV ministry. That's audiovisual. Those are the people that work the cameras and the lights and the microphones and, and all that. If you ever thought, hey, geez, you know, I, I, I kind of like that. Stop by the, t- every one of the tables has information about what they're about what they have, and, and, and what areas. We have the CRD connection. That's the event ministry. I mean, you've all been part of the, some of the major events that this church has put on. If you're that kind of person, go, man, yeah, I'd like to help out put on a big event. Yeah, I, you know, I'd like to set out decorations and set up stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, stop on your way out. Then we got the compassion. A lot of people don't know what we have here at the church. This is what the church, because we're a mass unit. We got a compassion ministry. We got, a, we got a ministry under there if you have addiction issues, okay? You're in recovery. We have help for that. We have, a, a, where we're looking for people like yourselves who want to do encouragement visits. Maybe me picking up a phone to someone who just had a surgery or may, could you stop by and do a visit? That's part of the mission. We have grief and, and a bereavement. For those that maybe lost somebody, maybe you're really good at coming alongside somebody and going, I know how you feel. And just love on them. Then we got helps, it's acts of kindness. Maybe you're a handy man or woman. Oh, I can change a light bulb, I can change a light socket. Can I tell you, we got people in this church that they don't have anybody more to help them. The bottom line is I, I'm not real good at any of it any either. <laughs> you know, a bulb is about as far as I go. Yeah, I can change that, you know. Electricity, I let my wife do it. <laughs> it's true. So, and then there's, no, and, but I just want to throw this out for you guys to think about this. This is what, the, you know, what's interesting is I'm just sharing this with you about being a stretcher bearer. This is what this church offers. The church is who? It's you. It's people in here that serve and do these things. We offer meal preparations. You like to cook meals, deliver them to somebody that can't get out and about or work. How about a prayer? Can you pray? We got a prayer team that prays for people with, within the church or surgeries and struggling addictions. We got all that. It's all outside the door, an opportunity for you to walk by and say, maybe God wants me to work here. Maybe I can be a stretcher bearer. Maybe I can be a stretcher bearer. How about the hospitality industry? It doesn't get a whole lot easier. If you can smile, they can use you, you know? Good morning, welcome. Good morning, welcome. Goodbye, have a nice day. Not tough, it's not tough. And, and you know what's great about it though? I mean, think, I mean it, seriously. You know, sometimes I watched something happen this morning and I watched a person go over and hug somebody. That person has no one to hug him. You know, I, I remember a couple years ago, I went up when one of the ladies at church, I gave her a hug and she goes, this is the first hug I've had in three months. A stretcher bearer, a need, a want, some of the simplest things. You got your safety team, you know, you look around, you see those people that look like FBI agents <laughs> walking around here, you know, go, whoa, man, what's going on here? That's our safety, oh, there's one right there. <laughs> She's there to make sure nothing happens to me. <laughs> and don't look at her, because she, she's short, she's tough. <laughs> But I know you want to be, but like the safety team, if you think, hey, you know what, I'd like to be a part of that. You know, I'd like to be able to keep an eye on things, or if someone has a situation to help, they like can jump in and help out. Do that. And of course, let's don't forget this last one just to mention to you is angel tree. 
You know, Angel Tree is a tremendous ministry. Many of you helped out at Christmas this year. You know, get gifts to over 140, 150 kids. It, but it's more than just being a part of that. They also do summer camp. Take, take these four kids to camp, you know, and, and introduce them to Jesus and help them grow in their leadership. So anyways, I just, some, I mean, it's funny how this lined up. Stretcher bearer, caring for others, caring through tough times. Jeff calls, I got this, I can't make it in. It's the same Sunday as the ministry fair and people get connected. You and say it's all coincidence, okay? Listen, in the Hebrew uh, dictionary, there's no word for coincidence because there is no such thing as a coincidence. So just like in our story that we're sharing this morning, I I don't want you to miss this. There are paralyzed people all around us. There are paralyzed people all around us. It may, it's, and I'm not talking that they can't walk, but they're paralyzed with fear, paralyzed with anxiety, paralyzed with worry. They're paralyzed people all around us. Tens of thousands of them. You can tell by the disconnect in their eyes when you look at them. So in close, it's the only one you're gonna get. <laughs> I have the question that I wanna leave you with this morning is this. Will you be a stretcher bearer? Are you ready? Are you ready to go through the roof for somebody? I sure hope you are. I sure hope every one of you, God has gifted you with tremendous gifts and talents. And the biggest joy in being part of God's kingdom is having them work in and through you. It's always important to remember. And sometimes it's just hard to grasp. But we have something no other religion in the world has. We've got God's spirit that lives inside of us. God looks out your eyes. He hears what you hear. He knows what comes out of your mouth. All he says is, I'm going to give you some thoughts. I'm going to talk to you. Will you use your hands? Will you use your feet? Will you grab a hold of the stretcher and help me reach that person over there? Mm -hmm.